I know how it feels to be disappointed. When I was seven years old, no, eight, all I wanted for Christmas was a new red bicycle. My favorite uncle, Uncle Alfresco, swore to me that he would buy me that bicycle. I counted the days until Christmas. Five o'clock Christmas morning, I run downstairs and look under the tree, and what do I find? Uncle Alfresco, dead on the floor, shot through the back of the head. Plus, no bicycle. It was a disappointing Christmas on many levels. Danger! The following episode contains flammable material. Maintain a safe distance and keep an extinguisher on hand at all times. The Fireworks Brigade is now online. All right, episode 141, John, coming up. We got a lot of stuff. We got a What Would Johnny Do? We might talk some budget stuff. Might get some fake cues. We'll see what comes up. 141 episodes. Wow. Here are your hosts, Johnny Starr and Ron the Maker. What is this job all about? Fire. There we go, John. Nice. I love that video. Episode 141, John. Perfect. Oh, so what's, uh, I haven't seen you since New Year. Did you make any resolutions? Are you a resolution kind of guy? No, I'm not. No? No. Why no. not? Well, Just... because I don't have any bad habits to begin with. So <laughs> there's really, you know, like people say, I'm going to give up smoking. I'm going to give up carbs. I've given up everything. What what left? What is left? Well, it doesn't have to be just like that kind of stuff. It could be like a resolution to uh, buy less fireworks or to have more staff on hand. I don't know. Uh, my resolution should be to retire and get out of the business. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, yeah, that, that would be a good That'd one. That would probably be the most uh, most beneficial one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was watching a movie um, last night, new series on TV. What? And uh, it's called uh, Falling of the Usher House or Fall of the Usher House. Really, never, never heard of it. Yeah, it's really awesome. So, it, What was that on? Yeah. Uh, I think Peacock or Netflix. Okay. I think okay. Netflix probably. Yeah, we don't really have too many channels, so Netflix, I'd say. So, anyways, so I was watching that. It's very good to follow the Usher House or something like that. And it's about a guy and his sister that took over this big company after their mom died. And uh, he said that he is a big New Year's guy because they always make resolutions and they follow through on the resolutions. Him mm-hmm. and his sister both since they were kids. So he was explaining how important New Year's Eve is to right. him because he will make a resolution. So his resolution is probably the same way what my resolution would be. To save the world. Oh, there you go. One- to, no, to change the world. Oh, change the world. Yeah, to change, change the, the world. world. That was his uh, thing. So, um, um, so, I, yeah. I'd ask you, what would you, how would you change the world? But I'm afraid of what you would say. <laughs> I don't God, know what your response would be. So much to do, so little time. <laughs> and, um, well, I think the, I just, I don't think I would, um, if I had to change the world, I would, uh, I would probably say at this day and age that we need to stop making everybody happy. You know, we got to go back to the old days right. where no was no, yes was yes, your boy, your girl, whatever. I think that's the the biggest thing. Everybody's trying well, to please everybody. I think today's world. Right? No, people just care. And actually, I'm reading a book about this now. But people only care about, you know, it's basically what's my idea is right and everything else is wrong, and that's not the case. Everybody should have their own ideas, but 
but you, but you know, like, and, and I think it, they, what they're blaming it on is that you know, starting twenty years ago, whatever it was, in colleges they were coddling all these kids and. And and basically, and the lack of outside playing and playing on your own time and just going out and playing. Now they all, all the kids who are older now and who are making decisions, they feel and they feel that, um, you know, when they were had these structured play dates and all that stuff. If anything ever came up, bullying or whatever, they would just raise your hand, tell an authority, and the authority would fix it. So now these people all feel that all they have to do is raise their hand and somebody will fix it for them rather than letting somebody have their own opinion. And and they they also likened it to the fact that if you don't have a lot of friends or if you don't have good friends, like I would consider you obviously a good friend, and Paul, and I've known guys for 40 years. You and I have known each other for over 40 years. I've known Paul for 50 whatever years. And But the, the point is that we can have conversations, and I'm sure I've said some things you don't agree with. You've said some things I don't agree with. Paul says things nobody agrees with. But My stuff gets on the editing floor. <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, we're friends, and we yeah. can forgive, and, and we understand that you know, even though you might have one bad idea, that you're not. It's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Yeah. So, but I think they're they're blaming it on you know a lot a lot of it. And the chapter I was reading today is they're blaming it on that these kids. And Mr. Didn't Rogers, have, Mr. Rogers, free playtime. You know, when I was young, you were probably the same way. Yeah, mom would say, "Just come back when the streetlights." Yeah, go out and play. Get out of the house. Go out and play. Exactly. Yeah, now they, they kick you out. Now you just let you know right. your kids stay in the bedroom until he dies. Right. You well, don't even care. And these kids think that you know again that the, the the authority figure will be able to solve all their problems, but that's not life. You know, like you'll call human resources, right? Yeah. If you have a problem with a coworker, did you see the the worker who got it went viral? I guess I just heard about it briefly, but a girl, she heard that people were getting let go in her company, and then all of a sudden they called her over the phone, and then she recorded it all. Yeah. And yes, maybe she had a lot of good like. Well, what did I do? I was making my numbers. Why are you letting me go? How come my manager's not on the line to tell me this? Okay, and and maybe I don't know the corporate world. I really don't care about the corporate yeah, world. Yeah, firing bomb, people is tough, right? Yes, but the bottom line is, if she's asking a lot of questions now, you know what Johnny would have done in that case? Because she wanted a reason why she's getting fired, and she wanted to know why her manager isn't on the phone to tell her <laughs> and her numbers. I mean, yeah, I I, I I almost closed three deals, but it didn't go through. But that's right, not right. my fault. Everything's not their fault, right? So at the end of the day, I would say, okay, you know why I'm firing you? Because you asked too many freaking questions. That's yeah. why. Because that's, that that's it's tough though. It, uh, no, it's, it's uh, tough. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, she must have been a little a younger. Female oh yeah, and I, and then she the video she did all this, and then the CEO has got to come out now and apologize that maybe it could have been done a better way. You know what? Right, the CEO's got to apologize. Yeah, now right. you know now could you imagine? Now I got to go on TV or I got to say something. Apologize. First of all, how come your manager wasn't online? Maybe that's not their protocol. Maybe don't get the manager involved. Maybe human yeah. resources handles it. Yeah. Whatever the case is. But what I'm saying is you're getting fired and now you have a million questions why you're getting fired. If you ask these million questions when you're working, you might have a job maybe. And I don't know the whole right. situation. Well, right. You I'm don't just, know the situation, right? That's just, yeah. yeah. I'm just I'm just speculating that all these people are always complaining because they don't hear the word no they don't hear they just want exactly. to hear what they want to hear you know exactly growing up in our house it was mom can i have that bike no no can i have this no we can't afford it. it's all we ever heard was no right today whether you got money you don't have money now it's yes yes yeah. and then well i want to go to school as a kitten okay that's 
I mean, nobody could say anything. I'm a little bit loud. Can you turn me down a little bit? You're loud? Yeah. You want the headphones down? So, uh, yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, yeah, that's better. All right. So that's that's all I'm that's, saying is like all these you know all these things we can't make everybody happy. It's what, what the old saying say: you try and make everyone happy, you make nobody happy. Right. And this is the problem. And then even as a nation, we can't hear the bitter truth. We gotta we gotta just hide everything and mask everything right. and just right. say, oh no, the economy's doing great and we're gonna be fine. Right. And, and meanwhile, we all know we're not. But as long as we hear it, you know, it's like everyone right. has to have a therapy dog. I went to the mall <laughs> yesterday. There were there were more dogs in the mall, I think, than people. I mean, I've yeah, never I you know, noticed that in Vegas. North, last well, night. Northbrook Court is. I mean, I think there's probably one third of the stores left. Well, and they yeah. tore down a big section of it. You know, they're trying to rebrand it. And, yeah, uh, and uh, I mean, there's nothing in the mall. I mean, all the big guys pulled out, and Louis Vuitton is still there, but they get robbed every every couple of weeks over there in Northbrook. I don't understand why they can't. Sir, I can't believe they can't curve that scene at the mall is so small. But anyways, right. but I was just surprised at all the dogs. I don't know where this came about. You could just bring your dog now everywhere you go. I mean, I don't mind it. I'm a dog lover. And then someone comes into Starfire with a dog. I'm certainly not kicking them out because I like dogs. But I'm just saying when before it was, could my dog come in or are you dog friendly? Now yeah, people just, just walk into a restaurant yeah. with their dog and God forbid you say anything to them because they don't want to hear about it. It's right. like, this is my dog. Well, it's expected. And I'm not as much of a dog lover as you. So no, I'll, yeah. I'll just be quiet. But I, I don't mind dogs and I let them sniff my hand and I pet yeah. them. And, but I just don't, I don't need the dogs. But that's... But yeah, when you're in a, when you're in a coffee yeah. shop and a dog gets up and shakes himself, you see all this hair and dander fall to the ground. It shouldn't be in a place where there's food. Yeah, I mean yeah. that was how it was in Europe years ago, and he used right. to say, "Oh, you know, in Europe you bring your dog anywhere," but it was never allowed here. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you don't even have to ask anyone. There's no, there's yeah. no signs up that say no. Uh, you know, look at the airlines. They brought the dogs on, and now they're bringing cats on. And then, uh, you know, I was, you know, I almost and got into it. allergic. Yeah, and I, and I got into it a little bit with the lady because she kept saying, you know, at the, towards the end of the flight, she's over there talking to her cat out loud, which makes no sense because the cat doesn't understand you. So anyways, right. so you're talking to your cat out loud. I'm sitting next to you in first class, and I'm like, what about me? Forget the cat. What about me? I've been listening to that cat, the dueling cats, I call them, because there's one in each cage underneath the seats, going back and forth, screaming. They're meowing? Yeah. From the time the plane start rolling down there, four-hour flight, they never stop meow, and this one goes really? meow, and it's going off and on. And I said, what oh. about me? I said, you should be telling me we're almost landing. I'm so sorry, sir, to disturb you. I said... I don't know, since when did United let cats on? It's one thing with dogs, okay? And it's, I don't even know about that. But now all of a sudden, cats and cats don't ride good in cars, let alone airplanes, you know? And what about people being allergic to cats or dogs for that matter? I I mean, they're so worried about cats. They're so worried about you eating peanuts, but, you know, they're not worried about the cats. And, uh, you know, the cat thing. So I wrote a nice letter to uh, United, well, uh, wrote a nice email to United, (laughs) you know, and uh, United always gets back to me right away. I mean, they're they're really good. Yeah. Would they, um, they offer you something? Um, no, they didn't offer me something, but they said they're going to look into a consideration and thank you for letting them know. Mm. You know, they, they sent me a, um, you know, uh, on the clear, you know, um, survey on clear that I have. Oh, yeah. And I, I gave them all tens, 10, 10, 10. And it said, how likely are you to recommend this to a person? I put not at all likely. And, you know, it was like my only zero. Okay. Within an hour and a half, they called me up. Really? 
I couldn't believe it because I thought those surveys just went into Never Never some Land. dump box somewhere. An hour and a half, they called me back and they said, you know, we're looking at your survey and uh, we saw that you love Clear, but yet you wouldn't recommend it. And I said, I will not recommend it because if I do, then everyone will get Clear and then none of us will be Clear. So that was my reason. <laughs> then you guys start laughing. So it's just a selfish reason you but, wouldn't recommend Clear. Yeah, you give everyone priority status. Yeah, you know, give everyone priority status with a credit card. You know, guys, guess what? what? Nobody. Has none priority. of us. Yeah, no, yeah. none of us have priority. Yeah, that's now we're the, gonna get priority yeah, priority yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Then you're gonna have to pay more for priority. Plus, so plus. yes, uh, my New Year's resolution. <laughs> I would like to change the world. Obviously, I can't do it. I've given up. I'm just gonna move in Mexico anyways. Doesn't what? matter to me. Yeah, all right. Let's <laughs> let's talk fireworks. I know you yes. got back from Fargo. Yeah, uh, your we've talked about your staffing issues. Any improvement there? Yes, a little bit of improvement. I hired uh, well, I hired one guy for sure. He came and he was ready to work, which is you know I thought he's coming in for an interview, but he's ready to work. Another guy interviewed very very well, and I think they're going to work good together. But he's coming back. He said he's got to talk to his boss, and he also does uh, chimney or not chimney uh, lights, Christmas tree lights. Oh, okay. I said, well, that's not a problem right? because we'll work, or, December, we'll work right. around your schedule and it's not crazy. I said, the other guy, you know, plowed snow when it snowed, you know, so I said, but, you know, you can also come here on a Sunday. You can also come on a Saturday. We can work around your schedule in the wintertime. Right. Summertime, we be. can't, yeah, right. we got to be there. And these are just all, you're looking for warehouse help. Yeah, just warehouse right. uh, help. Warehouse with experience. So one guy doesn't really have any experience. This other guy seems pretty good. But you know what? I don't mind training older guys now. The The days of me coming there like mid-May and training five 16-year-olds and working with them, we're just too busy all year long now. Right, so we right. just You need, so you I need, need a stable force. Yeah, I, at least I need someone that you know has a little bit of experience and a little bit older. We're paying more money. So, you know, I said there's somewhere has to be some disgruntled Amazon warehouse worker that would be like, I hate this place. Okay, right. come over here and work. Right. You know what I mean? But so it looks like we uh, we did that. We also uh, have another guy working for us. So there could potentially be three people. Uh, well, actually four, but I, well, that's good. we'll get rid of the weakest link there. You know, uh, or move them somewhere. But. And, and we should have a picnic table for him now. Yes. Uh, Bob <laughs> is on his way. Mad, what can we call Bob a good? Mad Ox Bob or something. Mad He's, Ox Bob. Mad, I like that. Mad Ox Bob. Can we just name this podcast Mad, Mad Ox, Ox Bob? Bob? All right. Mad Ox you, Bob. It's Mad Ox Bob. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There you go. Because Mad Ox is a, uh, yeah, it's a, like a name of a firework brand or something. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah. I, kind of, I don't know why I like that. I like name, that. He, yeah. he, you know what? You could guy. Like Mad it. Ox, it's fitting for him. Yeah, Mad Ox Bob is on his way to Fargo right now with a couple picnic tables, a washer and dryer. But you know, I did forget the washer and dryer. Well, the dryer's gas, <laughs> so it's not, it's not going to do me any good in, in Fargo. Fargo. No, no. no. Uh, but Ooh, anyways, he so, put it on uh, Craigslist or, yeah. or something. So, anyways, I had to get out, you know, of, of my dad's house, so I moved it up there, which because I need a new dryer. But you know, we cleaned the vents, but it's gas. But anyway, so. Mad Ox Bob is uh, going up to Fargo right now. Going to drop off those picnic tables. Going to take back some fireworks that right. they owe the other company, and um, he's you know and he's going to you know do the turn and burn. He's got to drop that trailer off, unload it. I got to load it up. I got to get on the road. That's why I call him Mad Ox Bob. Oh, yeah. Anybody else would get there and go ah. 
this is nice. We're gonna go for dinner. Let me sit right. down. Let me relax. Let's a little watch a little TV. Gonna, now Bob's got to do the old turnaround and he's gonna whatever. just go right to the right to the Seven Eleven, get a Slim Jim and <laughs> yeah. a Slurpee, and come right back. Yeah, and then complain about it. Yeah, it's a Stop wonderful at thing. Nelson Brothers and yeah. Clearwater. Yeah, there get you a go. Little, little pastries. <laughs> um, Mad Ox Bob. Mad Ox Bob. I like, I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. good one. Well, yeah. And you good. guys could call him that, too, when you see him. Oh, hey, we're going hey, to we're, we're be calling him that in Cabo. Yeah. Absolutely. He may think you at first call him a swearer, but it's Mad Ox, not yeah. like Mad there, whatever. You are right. You no, know. no. Mad Ox Bob. I yeah, like Mad that. Ox Bob. I have to tell Paul to get him in on that. So. Yeah. So, well, it's, that's good. You got your stabbing issues kind of okay. Yeah, you know, we're we're working through it, you know. And you never and, have problems with the front end help because that's seasonal and, and they, it's they're, seasonal they're happy to work. And you got, you know, you got Steve there. We did hire a Sarah and she's doing really uh, well and stuff. But, you know, we have our, you know, but then when they got to hire somebody else too, you know, to keep up. But, you know, that's a little bit later on in the year and but you, know, but you, know, we have one building. I mean, you have one, you have one nine by twelve room, you know, for what? For the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got the office upstairs. You got other offices. But I'm saying the main hub is that one room. I have four buildings. <laughs> I mean, I can't right. be right. You know, I could be sitting at a desk and answer four people's questions and train them all. But right. I, four buildings. Right. I mean, you know. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. It's um, twenty six miles in a course of a day later <clears throat> that I walk, and you know. But I mean, you you need a couple of good guys to help train the other ones. You know. Well, yeah, because you can't be there. All can't the time. be in all. Well, I can't be in all the buildings. You can't. No, you yeah. can't be in all the buildings, and you yeah. can't be here all the time. And you yeah. have a couple guys, you know, Buzz is great, yeah. but, but uh, Buzz is out for knee surgery. Yeah. So he's coming back, you know, and then it's just, it's just bad timing, you know, but we're working through it. And um, so hopefully um, I, I really felt bad. I, was, I hate to leave you because I would love to sit here and train you even better. But, you know, I got to go. I mean, it's vacation time and I waited all year for this. Vacation you know time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was going to say, you know, let's not go to Cabo. Let me just stay in Fargo and work. And then when it, you know, when it got below zero, I thought, what? Well, okay. We're, <clears> yeah. Did yeah, you ever meet up work. with the banker? Did that not work out? Yes, I did oh, meet good. up with him. Yeah. Well, I have mm-hmm. to talk to you about that later. Yeah. Met up with him. Yeah. yeah there and, you go. Um, All right. Well, worked out pretty good. Yeah. Him and he brought this young analyst with him. Real nice guy. And uh, so that was pretty good. Did you buy dinner or the banker buy dinner? The banker bought. I said, no, I should get it. I really, no, 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 don't be silly. So that was nice, you know. Yeah, I went to Beerfish downtown. Ooh. Very nice, yeah. mm -hmm. There you go. We've met the owner of Beerfish, which is the owner of Dempsey's, and he owns a lot of property. It was funny because he's like, yeah, that's our building over there. He goes, that's how we borrow all our money. (laughs) So I guess they use that as collateral. No, banks don't like lending money to restaurants. Yeah, so he goes, that's how we get all our money. (laughs) It's a pretty funny guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was pretty good. There so we go. talked a little bit about you, you know, how like you do commercial banging in Chicago and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was nice. good. Real nice guy. Totally real nice. I never met him before. Um, well, you met our banker. You just never met. Never met, met this owner of Beerfish, which owns other things. Then he's, he said something about somebody wants to do a Beerfish because he does. He was from Chicago originally, you know. And uh, he's one that he buys Vienna beef hot dogs. You know, he's owned Bertrosa's, which is... The only place I had Vienna beef hot dogs when I went out there, and then they closed that up years ago. But okay. so he's from Chicago originally. So we talked a little bit about his supplier there with the hot dogs nice. and stuff like that. Real nice guy. Right. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's switch a gear here. So um, I know we touched on this briefly before, but let's do a little bit more in depth. So after your, uh, my, my, I hate these microphone stands. After your China trip, uh, your first one in many years. Um, yeah. 
we we uh, you know you you were out there and you you bought a bunch of stuff and but uh, we talked about budgets a little bit but let's let's like, just have a little deeper discussion about budgets you got if you you know we got time to do that so and especially let's uh, let's because if people want to listen to this and obviously if they're thinking about opening a fireworks stand they might you know there's probably some nuances with budgeting for a fireworks stand and a building yeah. obviously that are different so. Um, what is a budget, right? Estimation of revenue and expenses over a specific period. But, you know, that's not really what we're talking about. You know, we're, what we're talking about here is more for fireworks. So fireworks yeah. related. So we need a budget. You need a budget. Why? So you don't overspend and you, so you, and you, then you can't meet your other obligations like payroll, rent, utilities. And, you know, so let's go on a more micro. So buying budget. So when you're, you're in China, well, it's just. I mean, I guess for you, when you're in China, you you budget. You have a budget. Do you have a budget? Let's just start there. <laughs> I know you like to spend a lot of money on fireworks. If I had a budget, we wouldn't be in this predicament, would we? No, well, no and that's every year. When, when every year, we're every in year this. at the Fourth of July, you're just like, yeah, I think I bought too much, and I'm like, well, you know, you can stop. Yeah. But well, I think you have the fear of missing out. You feel like if you don't have the product there and you can't sell it, you missed earning that money. Well, like. Uh, my good buddy Dan, my next door neighbor, told me then when he was ordering his 18th bottle of wine, he said, I've always had a fear of of uh, not having enough. <laughs> so anyways, right, right. so and we've been in that predicament before, and it's not a bad predicament when you run out, you know, around the 4th of July. But we need fireworks all year long. You know, it's a little right. different now than it used to be. Right. Okay. Um, also, you there's different things that you have to buy a lot of cases up for a guy like me. I have to right. buy a lot of cases and in some cases in some in some instances those cases may last a couple years, could last 3 years. And that's the same thing I tell some of our other stores. We got all this merchandise left over. Well, it's kind of the way the year fell because 2 years ago or 3 years ago we sent you a case and that case took 3 years and now we got to replace a lot of those cases. That we right. didn't give you the last right. two years or three right. years, whatever right. the case is, depending on the size of the case and everything right. else. And I would I would tell people if they're going to open a stand, obviously if you've been doing it, you have the experience, you know. But if you're going to open a stand, I would tell them ahead of time, go talk to local fireworks guys and just, you know that they have a store or whatever and say, hey, what sells around here? What are you selling? You don't have to tell them you're going to open a store, but even sit outside and look at the bags that people have. I remember when we were in Cabo with you and you were thinking about opening a coffee shop, we were sitting in the other in the competitor's yes. coffee shop every morning. I'm like, John, why are we always in this coffee shop? And then Counting, you're like, counting. Yeah, you were yes. counting how many cups were people were bringing out. So yeah. do your due diligence. Well, you know, it's it, but it's a lot easier for retail versus wholesale and retail. Yeah, well, you, you know, have both. I have both. So wholesale, you never know. You can have a great guy one year and the next year he doesn't buy nothing. So yeah. I keep in good contact. But for me on the retail, and here's what I kind of really tell my people. Yeah, let's just talk retail. You're going to open up a stand. First thing, first question out of my mouth is, what's the square footage? Right. Most important thing. How many items? You, so I say you got, I don't know, I think we got like... I categorize it down. I think there's like 14 different categories, okay? Um, or Meaning fountains, reloadables, yeah, fountain 500, reloadables. 200. So I got it all categorized, and right. I think there's like maybe 18 different categories. Right. Categories. So then what I now recommend I'll is that we that you just carry a few variety, a few pieces of variety out of certain categories. And, of course, when you get in your 200-gram cakes, you carry maybe, you know, you set the limit, okay, I'm going to carry 20 different 200 grams, okay? And then when it comes to the 500 grams, I'm going to carry 20 of those or 25 of those. 
but everything is based on your square footage. And I always recommend more variety and less quantity. Okay. So uh, because, you know, the early bird gets to worm. And if you have, say, 100 items and you run out of 10% of them, that's 10 items. But if you got 50, you're left with five. I mean, so, you know, it's just there's there's things like that that I, I rather right. have variety than, than a lot of... Uh, um, a lot of quantity in a lot of, of corporate run tents. It's it's the opposite because they want to give you little variety, a lot of quantity. That's what they do. Two for one, three for one. They want you to sell <laughs> the same item to a bunch of people, and that's it. Make right. it easy on themselves, right, 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 right. But we don't do things like that. We like to make it nice for the customer, not easy on ourselves. Just like there's other big corporate ones, they won't break nothing open because they don't want the waste. They don't want the spillage. But right. we know what people want to buy. They can't always afford to buy a package of six cuckoos, but they will come in and go through the whole bin buying one each. That's the difference. Right. So square footage is a big thing. And then and then basically I try and steer them in a the direction of, hey, you, what, you have to have the staple items. And these are right. some of your other hot sellers. Right. Right. That's it. Yeah. So a budget for retail is very easy. Budget for retail is easy. Okay. And so and, and so then if you're, let's just say, budget for wholesale, when you're in China, do you have a number in your head that I'm not going to spend over this amount? Or do you you just, you, but you obviously know how much you can spend and you know how much, you, you know how much, you know, how much room you have. And it's obviously, well, get, obviously this whole thing changes well, if you have you four get, warehouses. You get carried away. Well, though. you, you know, do, you're yeah. so look at that nice. Okay. Give me a hundred cases. Can you do 125? <laughs> it's like a bidding war. Can I do 125? No, but uh, what I do keep in mind and don't forget now room is a double-edged sword because if you get the merchandise all in at once and early, then you have no room. If it comes staggered, well, then you have the room. So that can change because well, you got to sell stuff. Yeah, you got a building that can hold, I don't know, say 40 containers. Well, if you get 40 in before Chinese New Year, you're loaded. That's why I tell the, you know, the group, it's very important. You got to get the stuff off the shelves to make room for other products that come in. You tell what group? Like my warehouse group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to get the, and I don't say off the retail shelves, just off the wholesale shelves. You got to get it get, off the shelves, get it yeah. wrapped up for, for sure. Yeah, we can all, once it's wrapped up for a customer, we can always move it around. We can always find room. We can rent trailers, do whatever you have to, but you got to get, you got to make room for incoming product. And what I do, what I do go to China with is not a budget because there's all different prices, everything changes, you know, but what I do go is, okay, I need X amount of 500 gram cakes. That's all I want. I need X amount of 200 gram cakes. That's all So your all budget is more restricted around pieces rather than cash, than money. And than shelf cost. light and, and, shelf. and uh, shelf space. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, but, and you, there's many places where you can go to read about budgets. So here's this one here I found seven easy steps to set up a budget, add up your total income, track your spending, set financial goals, calculate your mandatory expenses, identify your debt payment, make a spending plan, and then be ready to adjust each month. So it's seven really goals about it. And, so, and how long were you going to go without telling me this? <laughs> you've been doing pretty good for 40 years or 35 years, whatever. Yeah, like. pulling my hair out, that's for you sure. You know, there's two different kinds of budgets. There's a static budget and a flexible budget. 
You want to know the difference? I do want to know the difference. Two major types of budget, static and flexible. A static budget remains unchanged over the life of the budget. You're not good with that. Regardless of changes that occur during the budgeting period, all accounts and figures originally calculated remain the same. Flexible budget has a relational value to certain variables. The dollar amounts listed on the flexible budget change based on sales levels, production levels, or other external economic factors. I feel like fireworks has to be flexible. I think a lot of it would have to be flexible. I think what you would call static budget would be more of your payroll. Well, yeah, that's a yeah. Well, yeah, you have a budget for payroll. Yeah. Budget for payroll that could be more of a static budget, like this year, and and a and a static budget for bonuses, and maybe a static budget for um, you know what we're going to spend on um, you know updates and software and stuff like that. Right, right, right. Yeah, so- building repairs, <clears throat> static budget. We only allow so much for building repairs, you know, so we pick and choose the priorities. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there's all all kinds of budgets, and you know, talk to your banker or whatever. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can only afford what you can afford, and and if you're going to get terms, or you're going to have to have a big building over there because the bank, you know, to to leverage that to go buy some fireworks, because the yeah. bank the bank isn't going to give you money to go buy fireworks. No, I, got, no. I got a feeling. Yeah, yeah unless you have some. Some uh, real estate assets or some receivables. Yeah. You got to have something. Unless you're BJ Allen, <laughs> probably pledge a hockey team or something. <laughs> <laughs> pledge a hockey team. Yeah. What do I have? Oh, I have this hockey team. You want to? There you go. What are sticks and pucks? What this are hockey team is worth X amount of dollars. Whatever. Yeah. So you can go over your budget, but I wouldn't. You know, you should have at least a limit, right? Ten percent, maybe something like that. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I've never had to live on a budget. My whole life, because I've always, you know, worked more jobs, you know, so even when I got paid like you, I'm sure you have to live on a budget. You get one paycheck every month or whatever, right, and right, you got to right, live right. on a budget. Right. I never really had to live on a budget because I always had multiple jobs, always made side money, always sold fireworks, always did something. So I never lived on a budget. But that being said, I, loved, I lived a, to a higher, stricter level against myself, so I wouldn't overspend because i never knew when i have to put money in for a rainy day you know what i mean so it's kind of you know when you have a steady income you could have a budget but when you have a flexible income i can't even even have my own budget because i don't know if i'm gonna have to use some of that right to put back in right and 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 fireworks business again and we haven't even talked about this but being so seasonal i mean you 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 get stuff with the wholesale it's easier yeah to manage right yeah. but but if you just have a stand and you're going to be open for 30 40 days that's gonna your budget is going to be swift and you know and if you don't and again fear of missing out if you don't capitalize on the uh, opportunity to sell within those 30 days you're not going to get that opportunity for another 300 days you know the, the biggest misconception people make and i don't understand because uh i just don't understand it because i don't know how they don't how they miss it the biggest thing that people don't realize is they say, well, I'm going to make X amount of profit on this amount of fireworks. So just say, I'm going to take this $100,000 worth of fireworks, and I'm going to turn it into $300,000, and that's going to pay for this, that, and everything else. <clears throat> but they don't realize that you are not going to sell every piece of that $100,000. There's always going to be stuff left over. Right. So in reality, you may need 140, 150 to make the $300,000 mark. Right. And so that means it only leaves you with really 150. Now, out of 150, you have to replace what was sold that you desperately need. Yeah, like you right. always say, yeah, you can buy, I can buy less fireworks, 
but there's some things I'm out of now. And now I got to buy 200 cases. You know what I mean? And that right. could last me two seasons. Right. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, again, and it all changes dramatically when you have the the ability to store the stuff. And then also when people look at, oh, I don't know how I didn't make any money. I sold the stuff. I make 40% on it. Well, how much you got left over? You know what I mean? If you got more than 60% left over, Here, yeah, you yeah. didn't make 40. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just trickles down from there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's tough. But a lot of people don't realize, they just don't realize, like, you know. Well, right, you got to replace that inventory yeah. you just sold. Why you know, did I make any money? And what this if it year? went up? What you if know? the cost went up? Or that's what happened in That's uh, what happened in us. You know yeah. what I mean? Cost went up. And then freight, well, in our, in our case, freight went up. So Huge, it was right. like that ate up all the profit, you know. But that's the thing that people don't understand is like, you got to replace the merchandise and you're never going to sell every piece of it. Now, in no. the. In you know, like the Class B business, it is possible when you like when we're small, you can buy one and sell it all. But right. That doesn't mean that you are going to sell it all. You certainly no, can't. That doesn't happen. But yeah. there's a lot of cases where you know I'm not going to sell every you know hen and chicken in that building. No. And no. do I? And in the same token, do I want to run out of smoke balls? Because once again, in today's world. If you run out of smoke balls, you're on a staple item, the little kid says to dad, dad, they don't have smoke balls here. Let's go down the street. And the dad will leave. Now, our fathers wouldn't have left because they'd say, just get what they got here and we're leaving. But the kids, God forbid you say no, going back to that thing. So the the kids dictate to the parents, you're going to run out of an item and a kid wants you He's leaving. A, you're going to give him an excuse to go to yeah. down the street to and the father will, and the father and, will, and the father will get in the car and leave where right. that would never happen years ago. No, no. But now it does because it's keep the kid happy. Yeah. You know? right. So that means a lot too. You got to make sure to you cover your basis on the staple items. You can always replace a 500 gram cake with something else. I replace a 200 gram. Yeah, that's when it comes to like a garden and spring or Saturn missile battery or pop snapper. Any of the staple items. There's no replacement right, for it. Right, but you can replace, uh, you yeah. know, a blonde, dirty blonde joke yeah, with, a, with something with else. A, you know, yeah, with, yeah. you know, uh, whatever, a yeah. pyro slut. doesn't yeah. matter. You can replace it, and they're going to, they might be happy with the new thing that they found. If yeah. you just don't have it, you just don't have you it. You don't but have it. You can replace Excalibur with another yeah. loadable. doesn't matter. So that's the thing you want to, and, and that's when you're, when you're putting that in your budget, you got to keep room for the budget of staple items. And then that's why I put a cap on like, okay, I don't need any more 500 gram cakes. I just got enough. I don't need any more 200 gram. And then, you know, what comes this year? Oh, let's introduce the pro line. Well, if you don't jump on board with the pro line, oh, you got the pro line. I don't have it. So you're constantly like, and then when you're in the growing stages, you know, you're always growing. So then you got to have, you got to invest more money. Well, I was just going to say that you, and I was just having this discussion with uh, somebody this morning that gave a business loan to talking about how happy they were that they were getting money because they're in such a growth mode and said, said the same thing. People don't realize how much money it takes to grow your business. And Mm -hmm. it's absolutely, you can't grow unless you have the capital to do it. Yeah, you cannot, and then the banks. It's it's just a tough thing to do. Like you know, someone said, um, you know, maybe you just buy less fireworks since you don't have the help. Well, no. What what does that have to do with anything? If I don't have the help, I still got to take care of the customers. Yeah, the customers are all still going to be there. Still going to be there. Yeah. That doesn't change. Yeah. So, see, you can be understaffed at McDonald's, but you still have hamburgers. 
Right. You don't buy less hamburgers. You just have less staff, and then you got to work that much harder. Right. You know, when I'm in the warehouse working till 10, 11 o'clock, like I did last week, it doesn't matter to me because I got to get it done. So as long as it takes, I get it done. It's going to get done. But buying less fireworks doesn't... No, that's not part of the equation. That, it, it can't be. But there are some people who think like that. Yeah. That's the sad part. They shouldn't <laughs> be in business. Yeah. You know. Let's do some news, John. All right. Okay, that's your fire. And anybody has any questions about budgets, whether you want to ask a banker or a fireworks guy, certainly email us at fireworksbrigade at gmail.com, and we'll be happy to answer. Yeah. In fact, I may just say, give me your money, and I'll, I'll put you in budget. <laughs> <laughs> I'll budget for you. I'll budget for you. Get your news. Get your fireworks news here. Johnny Star and Ron the Banker hot off the press. Fireworks news from all across the world. All right, John. Fireworks news. First one, an award-winning fireworks company says it is working to make the industry more sustainable. Uh, Skyburst Fireworks, John, based in Bedminster, Bristol. This is in Europe and England. Mm-hmm. Been running for 40 years. You ever heard of these guys? No. 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 All right. They uh, they organize special dis- specialist displays from Lands End to the Shetland Islands. There's a, must be a Lands End. Lands End, well, there's Lands End everywhere. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now the company is sending waste from imported fireworks back to be recycled. So the company director Alan Christie said it's quite a serious thing that the industry's decided to look into and improve. Over the past decade, fireworks manufacturers from all over the world have incorporated a lot of plastic elements into their products. You've seen that. Yep, yep. Skyburst imports products from China, Spain, and Italy, but Mr. Christie said all the products we import from China are made from recycled cardboard and made from in the old-fashioned, traditional way instead of all the plastic. So I guess China uses more cardboard. Yes, but the domestic market is using more plastic. Is so, uh, but China you know what he part? what he may be talking about though depends on the fireworks. But like in novelties, they're trying to push more and more plastic novelties because they're so time consuming to make. Yeah. So we're starting to get a lot more of this plastic stuff. And they're like their thing is you can still play with the car after the firework goes out and that yeah. kind of stuff. Uh, he goes on, yeah. Spanish fireworks, which are typically more powerful, have to be contained in plastic. But Mr. Christie said that they send. They use containers back to be washed, recycled, and reused up to 15 to 20 times. So if you, you've never ordered fireworks from Spain, have you? No. Uh-huh. You know, so maybe they come in plastic. Like, don't they come in cages, or don't they have to go to cages in Europe? Some of the European markets come in yeah. cages. But I don't know what they mean. Uh, like I said, is, you know, I guess that's got to be like a plastic cage. But yeah. uh, the actual firework, he seems to say like the actual firework is made in plastic. So how could you return it? Oh, you know what? I got an idea. Why don't we call this guy? Maybe we'll talk to him on the next there episode. There you go. I like uh, that on a future idea. episode. But yeah. good job uh, to uh, Skyburst based in Meds- Bedminster. Good job. 40 uh, years. Them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Here's another uh, story, John. Let me get this out of my thing here. Uh, fireworks complaints fell in many fell in many area communities. This is in... Um, Where is this in? This is Arizona. Oh. Many residents are in here. You know what, John? We're going to go with this one. Let's see. There you go. Fireworks judge on this one, John. Oh, nice. I forgot about nice. this one. Johnny Starr, fireworks judge. I always, when I see something... Oh, wait a second. I got to talk. The pyro is now entering the courtroom. I love that. 
like that too. What? I like that yeah, too. Yeah, when I see something I don't understand, I always am like, ah, John would he he'll be able to figure this out. So. See, I thought when you see something controversial, you call me. No, too. this well, okay. no, this ain't controversial. Okay, this is good. just this is just like why would this be? I, I don't understand the reason for this. So this is in Arizona. Uh, many residents around the East Valley said fireworks accompanying this past New Year's Eve celebrations were the loudest yet. But calls to the police departments in the regions to complain about them were down in some communities. It seemed like a war zone, one resident said. I live in East Mesa, and they were the worst ever, said another resident. Sound like bombs going off. Next door, social media pages across the valley had similar comments. What is this new type of firework this year? Where is it where it's absolutely insanely loud, said another resident. Sounds like dynamite. So the police reported receiving 121 calls for service to deal with fireworks on New Year's Eve. Last year, there were 171 calls. So the amount of calls is down by like a third, yet everyone is saying they were louder and more obnoxious than ever. So what? why, could the, why would that possibly be? Just uh, apathy or people are used to it? What? I think people are just like... You know, why bother calling? It's not going to just, you know, it's kind of like what we do in Chicago weather. Wait a day and it'll change. You know what I mean? And I think that's what people are just realizing. It's like, what the heck is going on? You might as well just, nothing's going to change. Fourth of July is going to be over. And then the 5th of July comes and it's all done, right. And which is what I always said about people. But I do agree. And that's the thing that I've seen is everybody's trying to keep buying these obnoxious fireworks, you know, loud. and loud, loud, yeah, loud. Noise, and, noise, you noise. know, and I like loud too, but I also like loud with nice color and people are just want this loud, loud, loud. And, you know, I said it five years ago, you know, you could have a great neighbor next door and likes when you do fireworks. But when you start throwing up bombs in the air, then it's different. And rattles his windows, even the best of neighbors is going to be mad at you. And yeah. that's the same guy that may call the police. And, you know, nobody really complained that much. You know, it comes to nice color and, oh, well, it's a forge live. But when you're sending up stuff that just rattles the windows, you're going to piss people off. I mean, that's yeah. why we had that one cake years ago called Neighbor Annoyer. And that's exactly what it is a neighbor annoyer. You're going to annoy the whole neighborhood. Would there be a reason for the what would be the reason if the police just decided not to report as many calls? What if the police are like, let's let's keep the amount, let's let's not report all these calls, and maybe it'll create maybe less people will call in. Then you think there's anything like that, or you think it's just the fact that people are just they're just accepting the fact that they're going to have fireworks? Well, I think they're just accepting the fact and are accepting the slow response. And I think everybody, I think if you have half a brain in the world today you will see that the, the police are being stretched in so many ways because they can't do anything for so many different things and so many different reasons. And right. God forbid you, you know, arrest somebody. <clears throat> so right. I think people realize that and are just like, you know, they got enough work to do, you know. Yeah. Okay. And I think that's really what's going on. I don't think the police would hide the amount of calls. I kind of think that's public knowledge, you know. I, yeah, maybe. Newspapers, get, you know, that's what they write on. Yeah, I never trust that, though. I always feel like there's a way, well, yeah. to, there's a way to... Well, we, we, we certainly know that, you know, I learned firsthand the last, you know, maybe eight years that there certainly is the newspapers print what they want to print. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that, that yeah. you know, if you didn't, I mean, as a kid growing up, I didn't know, you know, so I like, you know, I like Channel 2 news. I like Channel 5 news. I saw this kid, like, what is the difference? Um, you know, it's all news. But it's I, a big difference. I said there's a big difference because, yeah. and that's why I'm, even growing up working for a newspaper all those years, I couldn't understand why these billionaires would buy a newspaper 
when they know it's a dying industry, it's going out of business. Wow. They got it as a deal, but now I realize they buy it for their voice. Right. So yeah, yeah. Bezos owns a newspaper, right? Yeah. Yeah, I learned that from my dad. I always, the same way. I was like, ah, oh, it's just a newspaper. They all report the same thing. But now you realize you can slant it anyway. Yeah. Just a headline alone. Yeah, print whatever you want to print. And that's what people believe. Right. You know, that's yeah. the sad part. All right, John, here's a good one. This is in Utah, John. You go to Utah, you stay in Utah. Utahns who love to light fireworks might soon have an extra day to set them off with a new bill that is being considered during the 2024 legislative season. It would, this bill would add an extra day in September to allow Utahns. I guess that's how you pronounce it, to set off fireworks. Should the amendments pass through the legislature and be signed by the law, into the law by governor, they were permitted to light fireworks between 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. on September 11th in celebration of Constitution Day. Under the current state law, Utahns are allowed to set off fireworks on certain days surrounding Independence Day, Pioneer Day, and July, as well as ringing New Year's Day in Chinese. I didn't know Utah was so friendly to fireworks. I didn't know that either. Utah's very well, we got you got to open a store out. Yeah. But now there's a new one, Constitution Day. Well, that's weird how their Constitution Day falls on September 11th. No, September 17th. Oh, I thought you said September 11th. No, 11 p.m. and 11 a.m. Oh, okay. Uh, September 17th. September, okay, yeah. good, yeah. I just thought that was weird. I'm like, wow, September 11th, that's pretty scary. And let well, me, I got a story here, but wait, hold on one second. Okay, John, here's another one. China, you can maybe confirm or deny this. Uh, ahead of Lunar New Year, Chinese debate fireworks ban. I know. And you've heard of this one? You've heard of this? Which is exactly what I said, you know, six, eight months ago. I said it seems that, and, you know, once again, I know a lot of different people listen to it and they all have their own take. But it just seems to me that the government lets their people rise up to a certain level and then you suppress them back down. And... <clears throat> Fire domestic fireworks is going crazy. Factories are busy. Everybody's making money. They're getting paid up front. I was to me, it's the best thing ever. People say, "Oh, that's really nice of you," because but it's affecting your business. Eh, yes and no. Sure, it does. But I'm happy for the factory owner. I'm happy to see the factories don't have to rely on me as much, right? Because right. they yeah. got all these people begging to give them cash, and then the factories are getting more snotty with me. But that's all right because. I said things will change because the government will all of a sudden now, now we got all these fireworks made. They're being warehoused all over the place waiting for this Chinese New Year. And I said, if the Chinese New Year is great, we are going to see a shortage of fireworks in this July. If the fire, if the Chinese New Year is not that great for sales, we're not going to see a shortage this year. We may see another one next yeah, year because of that. production. Yeah. So now everybody's been gearing up. They had a great year. It was like our 2020. And now they're all gearing up. The difference between their 2020 and our 2021 was we couldn't get any fireworks delivered. So now they geared up for their 2021, basically, type of celebration you right. know, within the way um, you know history is with the way COVID was for us. Okay? Right, right, right. The same thing for them. So the difference is they got ample supply. They're all loaded up. And now all of a sudden the government says, I think we ought to put a ban again on this. This is the second time they did this. Before domestic fireworks were going crazy, boom. And that's why I said to the factories, don't get too cocky because your government will change and then you'll be relying on me again. You want me to read you this story? Yes. 
Chinese lawmakers recently entered a fierce online debate on whether fireworks should be used to celebrate the Lunar New Year this February. They said a total ban on fireworks in the country credited with inventing the noisemakers would be hard to enforce. Lawmakers said air pollution prevention and fire safety laws have led to differences in understanding of the ban on fireworks. However, it was never a total ban. In 2017, official data showed 444 cities had banned fireworks. Since then, some of the cities have loosened the bans, which you said. The permit fireworks at certain, they permit fireworks at certain times of the year and at special places. This month, however, many countries, many counties uh, made announcements banning fireworks, restarting discussions on the ban. We have the right of the fireworks, wrote a user of Weibo, a popular Chinese online discussion service. Uh, Chinese folklore says as early as fireworks were invented 2,000 years ago. Uh, let's see. Since then, fireworks came to be used and to celebrate other events. This January, after three years of COVID-19 restrictions were lifted, some people ignored the bans and officials and set off the fireworks. So some Chinese say the fireworks bans were necessary to protect the environment. An online opinion study by the official Beijing Youth Daily found that over 80% of people supported fireworks during Spring Festival. Festival is the most important holiday on the Chinese calendar. So, yeah, Southern Hunan Province is the worldwide supplier of fireworks. It exports totaled nearly $579 million from January to November, state media reported. The number is far greater than domestic sales. That number is far greater. Yeah. So, but, so they're talking about banning the domestic sales. So... But I will tell you this, if they ban domestic sales, there is going to be a glut of glut of fireworks on the market. It should get cheaper, but um, the European market is a little bit different for us. There's going to be a lot of people who will go bankrupt because they invested so much money in fireworks and now they have no recourse. You know, a total ban, now what do you do? Right. You bought all this, and you're just like me. If I bought all these fireworks, if someone put a total ban of fireworks in the United States tomorrow, you'd be done. What am I going to do with the you know million plus or two million or five million, whatever Millions it is? Millions of dollars in inventory, right? Yeah. You know, and that's the same thing's going to happen in China. So the factories are going to have to take it back. They're going to try and have to weed it out to the United States just to get their money out of it. I know a lot of people paid up front, but just like anything else. You pay up front, but then it's like, man, I need more. You don't want to blow the deal. So it's like you give them a little credit, you know. So it's going to be total ban will be a disaster for their economy for not so much for Hunan's economy. But China's economy is very bad. Yeah, right no, now. I know. That's all I hear. It's very bad. But the government's got, I, I, I feel like the government's got a lot of money and they're doing whatever they want to do. But right. the people are not are because they're just keep. They just put, they let them go so high and they just push them down. I've seen it over and over all these years. And that's what the, a lot of people in this country want, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they want the same thing. They want to be suppressed or controlled by the government. That's well, they, they want to be helped. They think the government can help without everything. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, what did I say? Uh, was that my mom? God give it, God take it away. Well, same with the government. Yeah, the government can give it to you. And then when they don't want to give it to you, they can take it away. And then yeah. you have no recourse. You don't have no more businesses. You have nothing. You're just right. relying on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. All right, have you heard of Houthi pirates? Have no. you heard this? You don't know the Houthis? The Houthis? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, 
Houthi freight costs rise as Houthi attacks disrupt global shipping. You hear about these pirates attacking? Oh yeah, the pirates. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So has has this? Have you noticed freight costs going up a little? Anything? Uh, I have not seen them go up no, on our on our side yet. Well, these these yeah these guys are like. Yeah. I would imagine that would well obviously it's going to increase freight all around, but I'm sure those those uh, passageways. I'm sure that's going to really affect that that side of it. Well, it says here, why are the Houthis attacking ships? The Houthis are Iranian-backed rebels who seized most of northern Yemen and the country's capital of Sana'a in 2014. Following year, a Saudi-led coalition entered the conflict seeking to restore Yemen's internationally recognized government to power. The Houthis have sporadically targeted ships in the region, but the attacks have increased since the start of the October 7th Israel-Hamas war. They have used drones and anti-ship missiles to attack vessels, and in one case used a helicopter to board and seize an Israeli-owned ship and its crew. They have threatened to attack any vessel they believe is either going to or coming from Israel. That's now escalated apparently any vessel with container ships and oil tankers flagged to countries like Norway and Liberia, Liberia being attacked and drawing missile fire. So I have a feeling it's not for, but it, it is... It is affecting, you know, it, it, will it could affect. affect it yeah. could affect, sure, sure. Yeah, it says here, London freight costs from Asia to Northern Europe have more than doubled in recent days as attacks by Houthi rebels on commercial vessels in the Red Sea for shipping companies to reroute cargo around the southern tip of Africa. Iranian-backed militants have staged at least 24 attacks on commercial vessels since mid-November, according to the International Maritime Organization. So, Yeah, well, I, I mean... You know, I think we gave what six billion dollars or something for a few prisoners of war, and then we let five of their people go on September 11th or something. I think it was September 11th where they gave like six billion dollars for humanitarian purposes. Right? They, we keep arming them. I mean, I don't know what you know. I mean, come on. I don't know what else. If you keep giving these countries money, they're going to keep doing whatever they want to do. You know, how yeah. about how about this scenario? What would Johnny do? Uh, All right. What would Johnny do? If one more ship is attacked, we're blowing that side of Yemen away. Well, and yeah, I, or whatever that country right. is. No, I agree with you. You're, you're messing with our, our commerce here and the people's gas prices are going up. And and I think as a lot of things with this administration, they kind of just say, well, it depends. You know, there is, there's a bunch of guys, you know, I picture uh, Captain Phillips, right? I'm the captain now, blow him out of the water. That's what we have planes and ships for. Get rid of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to arm the boats. And like you say, it used to be, they come with little, little boats, like we saw with Captain Phillips and all that. But like you say, now they're using drones or using this. So why don't we, you know, if I got a trouble with rebels at a lock, coming from Canada to the United States, you get rid of the rebels at the lock. You don't right. get rid of the lock, you get rid of the rebels. Exactly. You know, and you don't you don't change your your uh, course because there's a problem, but that's what we seem to do now. We just change courses. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, well we just yeah, yeah, we, we don't want to hurt their feelings, right? Yeah. And that's the sad part. Once again, a lot of sadness here. A lot of sadness. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, that's a lot. Let's do some fake cues. Wow, that one came out loud. Let's yeah. do some fake cues, John. Remember how to do this. This one's about budgets. Okay. Get ready for another episode of Fake Cues with Johnny Star and Ron the Baker. I'm going to give you these. Fake cues, All right, this one's all about budgets, John. So these all are, right. we have four quotes by famous individuals. All right. And you have to tell me 
who said what. Okay. All right. I like this game. I always did. Yeah, there you go. All right. That first one, John. Okay. Next time someone tells you we can trim the budget by cutting aid, I hope you'll ask whether it will come at the cost of more people dying. That's the first quote. All right. Second quote. It's clearly a budget. It's got a lot of numbers in it. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one. All right. Third quote. Right, we'll get to it. Pick up, pick up a camera, shoot something. No matter how small, no matter how cheesy, no matter whether your friends and your sister star in it, put your name on it as a director. Now you're a director. Everything after that, you've just nego- you're just negotiating your budget and your fee. Okay. So obviously that you know, might be a, some type of director. Last one. I gave him an unlimited budget and he exceeded it. <laughs> okay. Those are your four quotes. Now the individuals that said these in no particular order are... See, Edward Bennett Williams, former owner of the Washington Redskins. Um, George W. Bush, 43rd U.S. President. Uh, James Cameron, the director of Titanic. And Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft. So who said what, John? I'm going to go with um, Edward Bennett from the Washington Redskins said this one. Said uh, the next time someone... Pick up a camera, shoot something, no matter how small. No, no, no. It says it talks about picking up and filming something. You know who James Cameron is, right? Oh, yes. Oh, director of Titanic. Titanic yes. You know, I was thinking he was something to do with the Titanic ship. Okay. No, 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 no. All right. Well, I knew that one. All right. So, but, so yeah, James Cameron said, Yes. Uh, pick up a camera, shoot something. Yes. That one, that one I felt that was the giveaway. That yeah. Was a I, you know what? I, I didn't yeah. read, I just saw Titanic and yeah. I started thinking of the, the captain who. Uh, All right. Who sunk the Titanic. So now you got three left here. One of them was said by a president. Mm-hmm. One of them was said by a football owner. And the other one was said by Bill Gates. I want to say this was the president. The next time someone tells you we can trim the budget by, well, put it over there. Get the president. No, no, get the, no, get the president. Get the, yeah, get the president. I got the president right here. All right. So John is saying the next time someone tells you we can trim the budget by cutting aid, I hope you will ask whether it will come at the cost of more people dying. All right. So then. We got. It's clearly a budget. It's got a lot of numbers in it. Who you think said that? The football guy or uh, Bill Gates? I kind of say the football guy because he doesn't really know about budgets. But Bill Gates, I could see saying that too because it's like it doesn't matter to him because well, it's got a lot of things. Put your so I'm going to say the football guy, and I'm going to say I gave him a budget and he exceeded it, and I'm going to I see that. No, well, know, I'm going to go this way. All right, that's the way I'm going. There you go. See what you got. Because you know how the football always goes over budget. Yeah. So I gave him an ultimate, an unlimited budget, and he exceeded it. Edward Bennett Williams, former owner of Washington Redskins. Yes, you got that right. Yeah. We got the Titanic right. Yes. That one's right. But Bill Gates did not say it's clearly a budget. It's got a lot of numbers on it. That was George W. Bush. Really? <laughs> well, you know, Bush was kind of like an alcoholic yeah. and drug user when he yeah. was in college. That was George so, yeah. Jr., yeah. So that's yeah. it. So again, Bill Gates said... Bill Gates won't. said... Yeah, I could see Bill Gates as kind yeah. of a... Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's always worried about people dying, yet he's got his billions in his bank account. Yeah, I thought uh, when it said budget, cutting aid, you know, but yeah. Oh, well. There you go. That's always a fun one. Well, you know what? They even say, you know, even Johnny's not perfect. <laughs> even Johnny's not perfect. Well, they always say that. <laughs> they say that about everything. All right. We got, I got one more thing I want to show you and uh, right. we can watch. And then I want to, uh, we got a few goofy stories to go over. So let's take a quick break. Let me get everything set up and then we'll go to it. Sounds good. All right. 
You can hear that, right? Yep. Ready? Yes. All right, John. We're back. All righty. All right. I got my uh, my little TV set up here, John. We uh, there's a there's a thing on Disney Channel, Disney Plus, not Disney Channel, Disney Plus, and it's called Behind the Attraction, and they they go behind the scenes of different like there's one about the haunted mansion, and there's one about. The Cinderella's Castles, uh, Space Mountain, all I love. Oh yeah, I have a desire to go back to Disney World. I don't know why, but I, I probably couldn't fit on the ride anyway. But I just want to go back. Yeah. Anyway, so but this one is behind you the. Give something to diet for. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I mean, give like, me something to shoot for. Yeah, I want to get that buckle around my waist so yeah. I can go upside down. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might be something to shoot <laughs> for. Yeah, no, that guys don't go upside down. That could be, that's <laughs> nothing. That's not good for anybody. Um, this is uh, behind the attraction. This one is. Uh, Nighttime Spectaculars. They had a really good chunk here about fireworks. It's like three minutes long, so we'll watch it and we can talk about it. There's some things here that I, I wasn't aware of. This is obviously display fireworks. It doesn't have anything to do with, yeah. with, uh, with Class C, but I, I thought it was interesting, so let's take a listen. I'm going to turn up the headphones a little bit right. so we can hear it. Ready? Yep. Be it harmonious or any nighttime spectacular that came before, it's clear that with every passing year, the nighttime spectaculars of the Disney parks are getting it's more just beautiful, and right? more spectacular yeah. all over the world, including Disneyland Paris, where they've taken nighttime spectacular technology. They show the images on the buildings right there. The Disney Illumination Show is a wonderful show that takes place projected on the castle. Before the show each night, guests are treated to Disney D-Light. There's a drone. The art drone yeah. show. Where the number 30 for our 30th anniversary appears in the sky. And it's spelled out by more than 150 independent drones. So cool. Each drone Those are is cool. individually programmed. It doesn't know what the other drone is doing. And it takes a team of four to keep these bots buoyant. Weren't we just talking about getting a job at Disney World? Yeah. And so, with guests' hearts full of wonder, and the drones I, I love the drone stuff charge. in there. The fireworks yeah. stuff is coming. That's cool. Là, d'un coup, ça, tout s'éclaire juste derrière le château, dans le ciel. Et là, vraiment, il y a une réaction des guests qui, à chaque fois, ça marche. C'est wow, les yeux grands, souvent grands. Et c'est assez joli quand même. C'est beau. Et à chaque fois, ça fait son effet envers les guests. You know, drones is kind of the new frontier in terms of the the technological live entertainment toolkit. Disney drones might be the new kids on the block, but the good news is there's plenty of space in the skies to share with their more fiery neighbors. What's a Disney spectacular without fireworks? Exactly. No matter what new technology That's is the developed, thing. Never change it. Nope. Well, there is some new technology that I, I wasn't I don't know if you're aware of. Yeah. Watch. But even for fireworks, there's always room to grow. Over the years from the very earliest fireworks up to the present, the science of fireworks has changed so dramatically. Mickey's flair 
has been outshone because now Look at that control room. on the show. Yeah. Now fireworks are done in a very sophisticated way. We use electronic systems that basically go to each and every shell, and we can now launch a shell and probably have it hit within a, uh, 10 frames of a second. Unbelievable. In the early shows, we would basically go and draw them. So they'd come in and they would just take markers and they'd say, oh, this is a mine and it would go to a gold glitter, but we want it to be red and blue to a sparkle. Now all that is accelerated to the point where we're now doing full CGI. We can now go and take a shell, we recreate it in CGI, and now I can actually do an entire show and show it to you before we ever shoot one shell, and it'll be probably... 90% accurate. And now, That's crazy. the classic yeah. air I doing has Cabo. a lot more air in it. Our research and development group came up with the idea of launching the fireworks with compressed air, like a big potato cannon. Each Did you know they do that? Mm-hmm. You can just oh, okay. fire it up exactly at the moment you need it to go. The amount of pressure can tell exactly how to go. And you can aim the, the tube to do exactly what you want. I can now take shells and position them where I want them in the sky. This is the technology yeah. that allowed a big Mickey shape to show up in our fireworks shows. First of all, it's a safer way to launch the pyro, and it's also a quieter way to launch the pyro. Then I can now don't have the uh, concussion mortar, which suddenly transformed everything because suddenly we had no ground smoke. Well, there's usually no smoke without fire, but now there's fireworks without smoke. One of the things about ground smoke is that if you don't have any wind, your whole show just starts to disappear because you just have right. this I've seen that many times. of smoke surrounding everything you're at. Today's fireworks aren't just clearer, they're also cleaner. A new technology we have called nitrocellulose. And nitrocellulose is a new way to make colors of the different comets and the different colors that you're seeing in the sky, but it's done with a product also that doesn't use black powder. It changes the formula, so you're getting rid of a lot of the smoke that used to be in uh, traditional fireworks. From fireworks... There you go. That's yeah. pretty interesting stuff. That's pretty cool. I, a lot of behind the scenes, if anybody has Disney+, Plus, you want to watch yeah. what's behind the attraction. It's uh, Nighttime Spectaculars. Um, I wasn't aware. Of, I, I, maybe I was told, but I forgot. I didn't know you could shoot fireworks. I guess it makes sense. Shoot it with with, with yeah, air. Yeah, they, they don't use a lift charge on it, so they just shoot it out of a cannon. Yeah, there's no ground smoke. Yeah. There's no none yeah. of that. And, and it's, I mean, you literally could place it in the sky wherever you want. It's, yeah. a, it's a new fashion way of doing it. They yeah, call but, pattern shells, right? Well, that's pattern shells make the pattern in the sky, yeah. but they can certainly not. They can place them where they want to place them. Place them in the position they want them to go. Right. You know, so that's that really, crazy. that is really cool. Uh, but does yeah, it gets rid of all the ground smoke. But like I say, you can launch it to forty feet, thirty feet. You right. you know, yeah, thirty feet. I'm six sure they have yeah. a gauge. Oh on yeah, there they know how you, much they know how, how much, much it weighs, how much there. air. Oh yeah, it's yeah. all a formula. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I like yeah. seeing the behind the scenes stuff. There's yeah. guys. You obviously you couldn't see it here on the on the podcast, but there was. Guys in control rooms. Oh my with god! The control room looked like uh, NASA. Yeah, it looked yeah. like NASA or like you see it, you know, a uh, uh, control tower. Yeah. All right, let's incredible. Couple goofy stories, John, and then we'll get out of here. And our next episode will be in Cabo. Oh yes. Um, I know how much we like talking about um, Chicago public schools. Oh, love them. Twenty-three million dollars in missing devices, criminal charges, and sexual abuse investigations detailed in CPS's Watchdog Annual Report. I was just interested in these missing devices. More than seventy-seven thousand electronic devices purchased by Chicago public schools 
totaling some $23 million were marked lost or stolen in recent years, according to District's Watchdog Group, and blamed on a flawed inventory and recovery process. Um, I, I can't, I mean, at some point, let's hear, some students lost two, three, four, or even five tech assets, according to the 2021-22 inventory audit, the report stated. At one school, five devices assigned to one fifth-grade student were marked lost and four assigned to his fifth-grade sister who were also designated lost. At some point, don't you just stop giving? I mean, can you just, no, you get one. or Okay, you get another one. I, I Right? I mean, come on. Well, it, it, it's funny how the same two in the same family keep losing them, number one. Right. And I bet if you go to her house on Christmas, they everyone in that family has got one of those iPads, whatever they stole. <laughs> right. But the bottom line is, there's no accountability. See, that's just it. You know, and uh, I think with any learning device like that, I don't think you could take it home. I don't know how you could leave it in school, but you just can't take it home. You can't well, give yeah. somebody... Well, that's what they do their homework on I, there. And then they no, were doing I, remote I, learning. They no, gave all those... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it, but... There's too much theft out there and too, you know, everybody wants this device. It's just like, you know, if I were to let people take walkie-talkies home, I'd, I'd see there'd be tons missing after a while. You know what I mean? If we had that many people going home with stuff. Yeah. At some point, um, yeah, and there's no accountability. And then they just get another one. And then, you know, they know that they can just steal it and give it to somebody else and say, I lost it. You know, where'd you lose it? Follow, file a police report. <laughs> You know right. I mean? Exactly, exactly. Not just, oh, I lost it, you know, and then they go, okay, here's another one. Once again, let's not make the kid upset. Just give him another one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. exhausting. I know. It would be exhausting. God. Right? I, I know this, this one's got to be right up your alley, John. I know when we were young, we used to you always talk about if you wanted to be a blimp driver so you could drive the blimp and you could pick up chicks. Yeah. Remember that? That'd be cool. Because you'd it? have the blimp key hanging out yeah, in your pocket. Yeah. Even now, when you go, you know, when, before you're married, you used to hang the little yeah, boat key yeah, out of your pocket. Yeah, right? sure. Boat key on there. Oscar Meyer, John, is looking for people to drive the iconic Wienermobile. I'm in. The meat giant has launched a nationwide search for its next crew of hot doggers. People's paid spokespeople who drive the brand's famous hot dog shaped Wienermobile around the country. The company is hiring 12 drivers to get behind the wheel of the 27-foot-long vehicle, um, which is equivalent to 54 wieners laid at end. Okay. the hot. But well, you're a Vienna man. Yes. The hot dogger's main responsibility is to represent Oscar Mayer on a daily basis as they drive the 87-year-old wiener. It's newer, but it's, that's how long it's been yeah. around. Driving around America between June of 2024 and June of 2025. You, you might have other things to do. Uh, it's like uh, running on a PR firm on wheels. Uh, the guy who runs the Wienermobile program. Uh, Oscar Meyer has a fleet of six Wienermobiles. Uh, hot doggers will travel in pairs and be expected to host over 200 pop-up events. Average driver travels 20,000 miles a year. Yeah. You know how much they pay you? How much? Wait, hang on. Let me guess. It. All right. Yeah, because you're giving me all the answers. I don't need answers. I, I'm, right. a, I'm a numbers guy. All right, so they drive twenty thousand miles a year. They got They also have to do pop up tents and all that. Too. Well, yeah, that's your PR. You basically gotta go out and promote the word. So of, you, you bring that. But are you just a driver, or you you gotta basically drive it, and then you're also doing the pop up? Yeah, and you and a, you you have a co driver. You guys are a pair, and yeah. you drive around the country. You go then, from one one yeah. city to the other. This 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 uh, 
this company's having, their, you know, this county is having their summer fest. You go yeah. there, you bring the wiener, but you hung at the little, remember the little whistles? And yeah, the, yeah, the little yeah. whistle and everything. I'd say these guys are getting 90000 a year. Oh, man, you're way off. Uh, 35600 $35,600. Yeah. Well, it's a year. I mean, it's just probably, maybe they're, they're looking for young kids to drive around, I bet. I guess Like an so. intern type thing. Yeah. Well, good luck trying to get a young kid that can drive anything with 27 feet. <laughs> can your son drive a 27-foot vehicle? You know what? I bet he would. He could. He's, he's, I mean, so. he, drives the, he drives the truck. He's fine with that. That's 14. Not, <laughs> no, the truck is longer than 14, isn't it? The, the Ram? It's got to be longer than that. What's 225 inches? That'd be know. 20 feet? Yeah, yeah, twenty feet, okay, okay. two twenty-four. Yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. You know what? I he would be. He would. He if you gave him a week, he would figure it out. Yeah, he'd be fine. Driving. Okay, I just wanted. But would he do it for thirty-five thousand? No, no. Okay, no. He makes more than that. So no. I love these college kids today. You, <clears throat> you go. You know, eighty thousand is a lot of money. Well, it's really not that much money. Oh, oh no. Okay. I mean, but I know because everybody's just. But I guess they have to say that because they're riddled with school loan debt. And the teacher yeah. promised them one hundred and fifty thousand when they graduated. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. And look at our own president said to the auto workers, which still cracks me up. I know I've said it before. He doesn't it's know how to go. It just cracks me up. He just said, <laughs> yeah. "You guys, I know, get paid more. You're getting paid far less than you deserve." Yes. Okay. Does he even know what they're getting paid? Number one, and and does he even so. So what does that do to the cost of a car? Well, right. If you're head of the automobile, <laughs> you know, makers association, you're like, dude, shut up. I mean, you know, come yeah. on. And there's a guy you know, that there's a guy that's never had to worry about a paycheck for no, 47 he's got years. A brand new, he's got an old, you know, re, uh, revamped Corvette in the driveway and he drives around in, you know, Air Force One. But you, you know. just don't go around yeah. telling people. No, you don't. You know, I could sit here and say to you, Ron, you are... You are you deserve way more, and you're getting paid at the bank. But who am I? You don't know. Yeah, you don't know to make this call. Oh uh, God! Here's another funny story. Omaha body transporter charged with attempted burglary after attempt allegedly tampering with a sex doll. Say that again. Omaha body transporter charged with attempted burglary after allegedly tampering with a sex doll. An Omaha man employed at a company that transports bodies to the morgue after death investigations faces a charge of attempted burglary after he allegedly returned to the scene of the death to tamper with the guy's sex doll. The 41-year-old man is accused of returning to an apartment complex under the guise of collecting a sex doll, which was found on the bed next to the dead body for a biopsy. Despite management refusing his request to take the doll, the man was found inside the apartment with the deadbolt locked, his pants disheveled, and the sex doll sticky to the touch. Hmm. He faces one count of attempted burglary, a felony, and is scheduled to appear for a preliminary hearing in December. What about rape? Well, it's not a sex doll. It's not rape. (laughs) It's not his sex doll. (laughs) I don't think the sex dolls have rights. Well, they should because, you know, everyone else does. Yeah, because that is he needs to get permission from the sex doll owner before he rapes well, the, the sex doll. The owner is no longer uh, available for questioning. Well, you just don't break into his apartment and rape the sex doll. I don't know, John. You know? I, I, that's, I, just, I heard that story. I was laughing. This guy, <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. It's like the guy that came home, caught his best friend in bed with his wife. He's like, why you? I have to. <laughs> What would Johnny do? Last one, John. All right, I'm ready. 
This one happened to me, John. I want to know two things. I want to know what would you do and if this has happened to you in the past, and it might be. So So what I experienced, it was a Friday evening, and I took Pauline out for dinner. We went to a nice place, went to Hugo's in the Rivers Casino. Mm -hmm. I've been in that casino maybe, I don't know. I mean, it's been there for so many years. I've been there probably... 60 times, 70 times. I've never gambled a dollar in there. I've gone to lunch with clients and stuff. Hugo's a nice place. So I take her to Hugo's nice, you know, $200 dinner. And she, you know, she's like, she's like, man, it was so much money. I'm like, well, you had the lamb chops. I had a burger, but whatever, you know, that's fine. Yeah. And she had the wine and that. But again, I'm not complaining. It was fine. It was, you know, she's been working hard. So we went nice dinner on a Friday. And I had some. Christmas gifts that I had purchased for her that I had bought her for Christmas, and she wanted to exchange them. So this is where it was. It was a master class. They go to Rosemont Mall, right? No, place. yeah, oh, we didn't. Oh, no. We went to. I went to where I bought them. I bought. Oh. I bought. It was Lululemon. Oh, so it wasn't near the. No, no, no. no. Yeah, gotcha. We went to Old Orchard. In oh, Sk- yeah. In Skokie. Completely so, different. area. Yeah, completely different oh, okay. area. So we go to Old Orchard in Skokie. We got the, the the items. I bought her three items, which aren't cheap. Yeah, and she's returning two of them. And Pauline loves to shop in the um, the discount aisle, the the clearance section. She'll and I said, well, we have no idea. I said, I you know, I don't. I we had the receipt, but I didn't know. I mean, I guess I could have looked, I could have calculated how much they were going to give me back because the two items that she gave me, but I didn't even look. But and she's like, well, don't worry about it because I bought these. And she bought three items, so I'm returning two, she's buying three. She's like, don't worry about it. I'm buying them off the clearance rack, so you shouldn't have to come up with any more money. But mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I'm expecting to come up with some type of money here. It's just, you know, you, you know this is going to happen. You yeah. know it's going to come up. I'm going to have to. <clears throat> so we get to the front counter. There's a girl taking her, you know, doing the exchange. And we, we give her the, the receipt and the items and rings up the new items. And there was a, there was a $30 credit. So I had $30 extra that I should be getting back and the girl behind the thing says do you want do you want me to put this back on your credit card and before I could say yes Pauline's like oh they got socks over there let me get socks I'm like mm-hmm. okay yeah there it goes yeah yeah, yeah 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 so 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 and then so I'm like okay wait I think I screwed up the story wait hold on it was $30 no no it was no, it was like a, I don't know. It was it wasn't that much. It was like a ten dollar credit, whatever it was. Okay. It, was, it wasn't much. It was a credit, but at least I was getting a credit back. So then, Pauline's like, "Well, let me go get the socks over there." So she goes to get the socks, and then the girl rings up the socks. Now instead of the credit for ten five ten dollars, whatever it was, this happened way back in like early January. I forgot. But so now I owe thirty dollars and six cents. Yeah, socks are expensive. Yeah, yeah, there. thirty dollars. I owe thirty dollars and six. You went from so you got a you got a swing of forty bucks here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. So I had thirty, right? And I don't like carrying change in, on me. I always I always put it in my car in a little cup. I don't have. It. So I give the thirty, and then Pauline's like, well, I might have six cents. Let me check. But in the meantime, I found a dime in my pocket. So I'm like, oh, I have a dime. So I give the lady the yeah, dime. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, I give the lady the dime. So then Pauline, you know, but but in the meantime, Pauline gave the lady the six cents. So the lady's like, oh, here. And then Pauline takes the dime back. So Pauline's got my dime. She just, 
you know, she. I, I said, not bad enough. She got the socks. You got the socks. You got my dime. I said this was a master class, and you went. You had a two hundred dollar dinner. You got more clothing than you came with, and you're and you're actually leaving the store with more money in your pocket with than a you dime. Came. Yes, with my dime. I said the thirty dollars. I mean, I, I don't really care about. It's yeah. the dime that really is aggravating to me. Well, yeah, it wasn't hers to begin with. No, and she just took it. And I'm like, can I have my dime back? And she's like, well, you don't like change in your pocket anyway. I go, but that's not the point. So the change dime. goes in a cup. I know. It goes in my cup, and I use that, and I spend that in Cabo. I, I yeah. accumulate See, it. See, now I have a whole big bag because I got this bag from a customer of mine that he owed me money. So he gave me this craftsman bag and said, but I want this craftsman bag back. I just bought it. I'm like, okay, no problem. I, you know, I'll get it tomorrow. I'll get it tomorrow. Well, next thing you know, I got the craftsman bag. So I, now I just filled it up with all these because I keep, you know, changing a little cup until right. it gets so big, you know. And then right. I, so I got five of these, six of these little cups. I dump them all in this little craftsman bag. I was actually worried about the handle breaking on this craftsman tool bag just because it so it's heavy. so heavy. But now I got that, and I forgot that your bank, I think, still has a machine in the lobby. I'm oh, not yeah. sure if it does. Oh, yeah, yeah. that we count coins. So, uh, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm the same way. I want my diamond. I love when they say, would you like to round up? Round up what? Why would I want? Would you want? Would you like to round down? Because people don't want yeah coins. Anymore. Yeah, remember when Portillo's was trying to round me down? No, we're gonna we're, we're gonna no we're gonna round round well, down. Yeah, we're up. gonna round downs that up. You know, we don't have any change. Well, that's not my fault. You know what I mean? But yeah, so yeah, you <laughs> lost with a dime. Yeah. I know. So I mean, what would has that has Michelle ever done that to you? Uh no no. no. Would, no. would you? Just she usually comes up with the eight cents a dime. I come up to hundred. She comes oh, okay. up to six there cents, eight go. cents. There yeah, but know. I mean, what would you have done? Would you have fought for your dime? Oh, yes, definitely. I'd say, give me my dime. Because, well, no, no, next thing you do is next time you go out, yeah. just take the change from her and see how she likes it. What do you mean, take the change from her? Well, you know, say, like, you know, hey, I owe you, uh, you know, give me 50 cents, give me a dollar, or give me 80 cents, you know? Well, and she's good at that. I, I don't ask very often. I think, yeah. oh, uh, two days ago, we were at Capital Girl. Well, no, okay. So, I, say, I needed a couple dollars for the valet she had. Okay, well, say you go to Mariano's, and then when the girl, when she pays, and then when yeah. the girl goes to give her a change, you just take it and say, I, I need that, because I like to have money in my pocket. And let's see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, a little experiment goes a long way. Oh, but, man. I got yeah. news for you. So we're going to do a, uh, we're gonna do a market forecast. Okay. We're going to do a Zoom call with Ed Vassell and Stacy from uh, NFA. Oh, wow. We're going nice. to do that next month while we're in Cabo. Ooh. We're going to set up a Zoom call with Ed and Stacy. So be on the lookout for that. That'll be, we'll put it on, on audio only, but we'll also, it'll be a video. It'll be on our YouTube channel. We're going to so talk to Madam President. We're going to talk to wow. Madam President and Ed, and we'll, we'll get the load on it. So uh, while, you're, while we're hanging out in Cabo, think of a few topics and things that we could talk about now. We'll get a format going, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. it. should be like a 40-minute conversation or whatever. We'll talk about the saloon bar. Talk about the coffee shop. I don't think Ed and Stacy really care oh, okay. about that. They, <laughs> they want the market. They want the, we want to talk about the market oh, forecast for I fireworks. Gotcha. Well, I've said I've, I've given you so many market forecasts on this podcast too. I know, and but every now, one of them comes true. Now why you do, but now we're going to get also Ed and Stacy's take on it. We'll see see how yeah. they uh, how they. Uh, and we've never really put one on video. I don't think we've always just talked about it here. So let's do yeah. one on video. I think that'll be good. How are we gonna do it on video? We're gonna do a we'll do a Zoom call from your house. Oh, Zoom Robert. call. Oh yeah, we're gonna be talking on. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we'll do. We'll talk on. A Zoom oh, but call. not on that video. Just uh, we're gonna be on video with them. Gotcha. Yeah, well, like we did, we've done that before with them, with that, with yeah. Steve Hauser and stuff. We'll we'll schedule a call. We'll talk yeah. about. I'm it. I'm thinking we'll, like video to show the listeners. No, we're just gonna be. We're gonna see them. And they're gonna. 
So well, yeah, yeah, but then we're going to put it on the YouTube channel because we record that. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, we record the video calls, and then it'll go on the YouTube channel. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I'm not that tech savvy. No, yeah, you know. you don't. I, I wanted to bring a thing with me today, and I clearly forgot because I know that you're tech savvy and you could do this, and what? I can't figure it out. So I got a really cool, nice gift from uh, my good old buddy Dino here that um, you slide your laptop in, and then you come up with triple screens. The screens fold out, nice. and you plug them in. But I can only get to one to work because I only have one mini USB port. And the other ones are one, I think I got three USB yeah. ports. But the mini USB port turns this one on <clears throat> with this thing. I don't have another mini USB port, so I try to use They give me five different cords. So I tried to use the HDMI to connect to that. That didn't work. I tried to connect the USB port into the side. There's three inlets. I can't get the third screen to work. Is it just not compatible with your computer? Well, it looks like I need another mini USB. USB cord or port? No, port. Well, then you're screwed. You need a new computer. Well, no, then can I, but I've seen adapter. Like, an, that, a, like a splitter? Yeah. I don't know. If, well, you know what? Are you? I'm sure you're going to just leave it in the office. I'll take a yeah. look at it. So tomorrow I'll uh, make sure to bring it there. And yeah. um, and then you also have to show me like displays. I know that. Like I got one to work We had fine. that all hooked up for you. What happened? Well, no, that's on that screen. Yeah. I'm talking about this little yeah, yeah. ghost because I will bring that to China with me. Because I'll use that in a hotel room to get, I like to have the, I don't really need three, but two's great, but yeah. three's even better. Yeah, you know what, I, I have two at work, and I got used to it. I, was, I fought it for the longest time, and, uh, but I have two big ones at work, and you just plug your, it's like a box, it kind of looks like that thing over there, yeah. and you just plug your computer into that, and then it, it, you know, I have two screens. So yeah. And that's, and that's a lot of times when I work from home, I don't have that. I just have the laptop and then I feel lost. No, right? I mean, you know how many times I take a picture of my spreadsheet and then cross over and then have to blow it up on my phone to, you know, to put yeah. information in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't. So, I, it's, it's, it's shocking to me the amount of things that you get done on that little computer. Yeah. Well, I do everything on the laptop. Yeah, everything. I, know. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have like a, a Mac Daddy no. laptop. You got this little thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I need it for the airplane. Right, you know, yeah, I had exactly. it too big, and I can't even, you know. And then yeah. when you fly like uh, that stupid airlines, like when it gives you like the little thing. I mean, I've been on one of those, like in Hawaii, there was an airplane years ago. I mean, the the, the board is as big as this phone. I mean, you can't, right. you know, you're sitting there trying to balance a laptop on there. Right. Now I actually got rid of the bigger laptop and went with a smaller laptop. But it's nice with now with these double screens that fold out. Right now I got three screens. I'm, sure, really we'll get, I'm nice. sure we can get it hooked up. Yeah, so I might have to get one of them splitters. But for some reason, I would think the USB port would would power the other screen, but it's not doing yeah. it. But you, yeah, well, we'll take a look at it tomorrow. Yeah, so definitely. And all right. Yeah, our next show will be in uh, Cabo. Yep. Um, we got all the guys coming out, Bob and uh, Maddox, Bob. Maddox, Bob, Oscar, Louie, Paul. Yeah, they're all going to be there. Be there. Gang's all here. Yeah, Cabo Cantina. Come visit us. All righty. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Where'd you get that Batman and Robin picture in the bathroom?